This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Fix. I'm Jeremy Betts, joined as always by Andrew Wilbar. After a tough weekend, Andrew, how are you feeling, man? Well, you can let it get you down, or you can try to find the silver lining somewhere. Regardless of which side you're on, the season's not over. There's still a lot of time to get back into it. Or if you don't think so and you think the sky is falling, the Steelers are going to get the highest draft pick they've had in years. So either way, there's something good that can come out of this. Right, and I know on our Slack channel we were kind of getting, uh, I guess, picked at, poked at for our draft uh, nerd ways, if you will, and kind of switching our thought process over to that. But I wanted to say, before we get too deep into this, you know, um, the title says uh, pinpointing Steelers team needs after week five. In no way are we just like closing the page on this season, closing the book on this season and turning our attention over to the draft. But we do like to talk about the draft here. We do like to talk about what the Steelers need to do to continue to to grow from a, a player personnel standpoint, right? That's what this show is partially about. So uh, that's part of what we're trying to do, <coughs> excuse me, with this show this week. So like you said, this season is not over. I mean, the Steelers have started one and four twice in the Mike Tomlin era, right? And every, and in both times they came out with a a 500 record, eight and eight on the season. The Steelers can still be competitive in the coming weeks. Um, It's going to be tough because of uh, where they're at from a schematic standpoint, some of the players not living up to expectations, but still they do have a shot to be relevant Uh, in the AFC North. If you look at the AFC North, these teams are not, running away with anything right now. And the Steelers play the leader of the division twice still in Baltimore and Baltimore still got some tough games upcoming. So anything could happen still the remainder of the season still hope. But that being said, we do want to talk about some of these team needs and we're going to get into that later in the show. In the second half, Andrew and I are going to give our top five team needs moving forward. And then we might follow up that next week with some more information about what we're seeing in the collegiate ranks or uh, team free agents, even potentially uh, that could be fits down the road. But for now, Andrew, I want to get your thoughts on week five. Just briefly, let's talk about it real quick. Let's let's get the monkey off our backs here. It was it was a, a lamb basting by the Buffalo Bills, uh, as Mike Tomlin put it. They got stomped. They got smashed. I think is what he said. And uh, so I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts on who's to blame and what could be fixed about that moving forward. And I think there's a lot of people that you can blame a little bit, but I think most importantly in a game like that, some blame has to be put on the head coach first and foremost for the Mike Tomlin, mm. um, the effort in as the game progressed was lackluster and, um, 
not impressive at all in terms of just fu- being fundamentally sound on either side of the football offense or defense. Dan Moore continues to improve that he's undisciplined. Um, Kevin Dotson has been a big disappointment. He has not been the guy that we thought he was going to be after one season in the NFL and taking off really quickly. Uh that this offensive line as a unit does not know what run blocking even is. I mean, it, it it's awful. Uh, the receivers, specifically Chase Claypool, you know, so many opportunities yet so little production. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I and I've said before, I think Steelers fans owe Mitch Trubisky an apology for the way they treat him. This isn't about Kenny Pickett versus Mitch Trubisky. There's not saying that Kenny Pickett's not doing better than Mitchell Trubisky. But those that were saying Mitch Trubisky is the problem. The, the, what was played yesterday, the, if you saw the game yesterday, that should prove to everyone that Mitch Trubisky was not the problem. Mm. The Steelers still lost big. Yep. Pickett may have made, you know, a couple throws here and there and stuff. They're like, okay, there, there's some talent here. And, you know, everyone likes his edge. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, anything like that. But for to say that any of what happened previously with the Steelers' inability to move the ball on offense was not really much at all if any of Mitchell Trubisky's problem when you combine the play calling with the run blocking I mean the the results we see them being able to move down the field a little bit but we're still not seeing an end result that's really any different than what it was with Mitch Trubisky and that's not a knock on Kenny Pickett Kenny's gonna progress I think he's gonna slowly improve as time goes on but when the result doesn't change Mitch Trubisky is not to blame for the early season woes unless you want to blame Kenny Pickett or even the run the running game the running game hasn't changed at all in terms of Najee Harris uh, so there's so many ways places you can point the finger um, but I think Steelers fans do owe Trubisky an apology for the way that they treated him on his way out that's just me sure I I see where you're coming from for sure because you look at the production from the offense and yeah they were able to put up some yardage but the Bills had that game well in hand about 15 minutes in and so you know even if you consider the first half uh, as being really where they separated themselves 31 to three at the half, you know, the steel, they were content to just let the Steelers kind of mosey up and down the field a little bit and not really finish off those drives. And fans that want to say that Jalen Warren is going to be a better running back than Najee Harris based on the early season production, Jalen Warren's big runs at the end of the game was when there was no effort on either side of the football right there. He had gaping holes. Those were not, that was not the same scenario that Najee was put in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's hold our horses with Jalen Warren. Good for him. Good that he's, you know, showing some promise. He's not Najee Harris, even when Najee Harris is not hundred percent. Right. And you know, I think for me, it's like, let's use these guys in tandem a little bit more uh, to feed off of each other's energy and, and their different styles and, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, you can't just say bench Najee, give Warren the ball. Cause you know, that, Teams will scheme up, stopping the run against Warren too. And what's this offensive line going to do, right? Are they going to push uh, push guys just because Jalen Warren's back there? I don't think so. So I agree with you there. I would say, you know, the what we saw on Sunday was timing problems all over the place. And a lot of that had to do with the play calling itself and not reading the, the situation, not reading the down and distance, not reading – what is what works in today's NFL and running the ball on first and second down and throwing the ball on third and seven doesn't work. That doesn't work in today's NFL. You've got to be way more imaginative than that. You've got to have way better uh, timing and 
and knowledge of timing, if you will, uh, to be able to run an offense in this league. And, you know, Mitch Trubisky had his struggles with indecisiveness. Kenny Pickett's way more decisive, but even still, we saw Kenny Pickett make mistakes in the in being decisive, uh, reading before um, the the play actually developed, and you know having a target in mind. You saw that on the interception. He kind of just that was who he was going to go to. Uh, he saw that pre snap, and that's where he threw it. It was a bad throw, and it got picked off. So you see some issues there. But overall, Andrew, I think the defensive side of the ball is just a major problem for the Steelers. And I don't even know if TJ Watt coming back really fixes it uh, to the point where they can, they can stop teams that are high powered like the bills are. So, um, you know, what's the fix for the defense when TJ Watt comes back, obviously you've got uh, you've got guys that are starting right now being depth at pass rush. And that always helps. And you're able to get to the quarterback faster, but you got to get healthy on the back end and you got to be able to stop the run at some point as well. And so I just don't see an easy fix for the Steelers moving forward at all. I think with the defense, I, I, I'm not saying that all the issues of the defense would be fixed with TJ Watt coming back, but I do think it will keep the Steelers in games more. It may not stop teams like Buffalo, but it'll definitely slow them down just because of all the attention that TJ Watt garners, whether he is getting to the quarterback or not, the attention that, opposing offenses have to show to him it frees up the linebackers and we as we saw yesterday when the linebackers aren't freed up and you know they're not clean yeah it's going to be bad and that's what we saw yesterday they they weren't clean they weren't able to get off blocks and that was an issue when tj watched the the middle linebackers miles jack and devin bush can run them a lot more freely and they play better overall um, on a more consistent basis. We've seen progression from them the past couple weeks but they won't be able to have the same statistical production without TJ Watt. Everyone's stats will be better with Watt and stats don't win games either, but it just keeps everyone cleaner because the attention that is shown to him on that side. And really the guys that have replaced him, you know, there was a lot of talk about Jameer Jones coming back and all that yeah. hype. I think the Steelers may have been better just keeping around Derek Tuscan, some of those guys, cause they haven't done much at all. Yeah. You can say that the, the real difference between Buffalo and Pittsburgh at this point is the, just the sheer amount of depth that, the bills have on both sides of the football. And I know Josh Allen is the one that makes that offense tick. You saw that when case Keenum came in, it's just a total cliff dive in their ability to produce and, and sustain drives and everything. And a lot of that has to do with what Allen can do to you through the air, having to respect that. But even still the bills were missing more starters on defense than the Steelers were. And yet their defense played together as a unit They knew what they were about. That's a well-coached, deep team that is on a whole nother level than the Pittsburgh Steelers are this year. And that's fine, but we need to recognize it and and the coaching staff needs to recognize it and know where they can improve in the future. I did want to talk about real quick um, the Kenny Pickett and George Pickens connection. If we can take anything good, you know, out of what we've seen so far is that those two have a bright future together moving forward uh, for this offense. And I think those two guys will be a staple for the Steelers to build off of in the passing game as we move forward. I'm curious your thoughts on Pickett and Pickens, the first two picks of the draft this last year. I agree. There's something special there. Um, I'm a little bit concerned with the fact that Pickett hasn't been able to develop that same chemistry with either Claypool or Deontay Johnson. 
Um, but part of that, I mean, it's just kind of like when the Steelers, when Ben Roethlisberger was injured and Landry Jones came in, Antonio Brown's numbers went way down. They, right. There just wasn't that same chemistry there. It was the Martavis Bryants and the Marcus Wheatons that began to produce and the Eli Rogers that mm-hmm. produced because they were the ones that got more practice time with him in practice. So I feel like that's kind of the same thing here as he gets more uh, work with the ones. I think you may see uh, Deontay and Claypool get a little bit better of a connection with Pickett. Um, but definitely for the future, I think uh, you're looking at something, you know, for, even for fantasy footballs, we're mm-hmm. talking about um, when we think about stacks, you know, yeah. whether it be Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown or Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith or, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and whoever his top receiver is going to be, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. I think Kenny Pickett and George Pickens is going to be that guy. And maybe two years from now, we're going to be like, if you can stack both those guys in your sure. roster, you could be pretty set. Yeah, absolutely. You're looking at a guy in George Pickens who I think the Steelers should be scheming this this year as their wide receiver one. They should be scheming ways to get him the football, not Deontay Johnson, not Chase Claypool. Those guys need to be complementary pieces moving forward. I think we agree Matt Canada is a big problem on offense. We've talked about that already. And uh, the Steelers are going to have to do something. They're going to have to bite the bullet at some point. And I don't know. It's It seemed like they set themselves up this year, Matt Canada or bust, and we're seeing – that it's a bust so far. So don't need to really spend too much more time on that. I did Joe want Brady. Joe Brady. Yeah. Come hey, on. That's Come on. right. He's, he's, uh, he's though coming in with those college schemes too. So we'll have to see, you know, it's, it didn't work. Some people very... say he's our, some, some people already say he's the bust, but he didn't have a huge sample size. He kind of got fired before he had a huge chance to prove himself at the NFL level. We already get the sense Matt Canada is a bust. So why not? at least give the rest of the season to another guy who some people may think is a bust, but at least give him a chance to prove himself wrong. Yeah. I think you just, so many things change, you know, when you bring in somebody like yeah, that, I get but, that. Uh, I mean, Hey, maybe do it immediately after week eight and give yourself two weeks of lead up period uh, with yep. the bye week Maybe that's the only way something like that could almost work. And I don't think it could necessarily work for sure, but um, all right. Uh, we'll move on from, the moribund uh, thoughts of of week five and uh, on to some two minute drills. Andrew, I've enjoyed doing these and I, I believe you have too. still haven't figured out the sound effects thing yet. We're still trying to work on that, but we're going to keep it old school. We're going to go uh, and do our two minute drills here. Andrew, there was some incredible performances this week in college football. And uh, you're going to talk about one that I think a lot of our listeners will uh, be keenly aware of and uh, but something to to talk about here for sure. So I'm going to pop two minutes on the clock. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. We're going to get started in three, two, one, go. Well, Israel Abanikanda, if I mispronounced his name, I apologize. Some of you, Yinzer, you should know the name more than I should. Uh, But broke Tony Dorsett's pit record with 320 rushing yards and six touchdowns in one game this past week against Virginia Tech on 36 carries. Uh, This is a guy whose draft stock's kind of been all over the place, uh, but a guy who has some burst at 5'11", 215 pounds. He's bigger than what he looks like on the field. He has a little bit more stockiness to him than what you would expect. Um, a guy who's definitely going to rise draft boards after this performance, a guy you could be looking at potentially a day two pick right now. Quentin Johnson, he's a guy I mentioned earlier in the year. Six foot three, 215 pounds, a physical freak from TCU. Reminds me some of Martavis Bryant, 
Although I say that about some prospect every year. So take that with a grain <laughs> of salt. But had 14 catches for 206 yards and a touchdown this past week. Uh, he's putting up phenomenal numbers this year. He's one of my top three wide receivers in this draft. Uh, and a guy that I mentioned in last week's article for the preview for this week is a guy who really produced, and that was John Gaines, the guard from UCLA. He's just a mid-round pick, not a guy who's super flashy, but a guy who just gets the job done. Zach Charbonnet, the running back for UCLA, ran for nearly 200 yards, and Gaines was a big part of that, had a big part in their run game, uh, led UCLA to a um, big win at home. Uh, But Gaines had a big part in that and was nearly flawless in pass protection as well, moved really well, had good feet. Some other names, Michael Mayer, Steelers aren't going for tight end early, but nice game for him. Byron Young, this is like the third or fourth time, Jeremy, we've talked about Byron Mm -hmm. Young from Tennessee. Two and a half more sacks this past week against LSU. Give this man some first-round love at this point. A guy that Tony Pauline mentioned this week in his article, and I have to mention him, Andre Eosivas. I think that's how it's pronounced. Wide receiver from Princeton, but this guy's putting up phenomenal production at the uh, Ivy level. Six foot two, 200 pounds. There's talks he could run a sub four three in the 40, and his speed is legitimate. But Jacorian Bennett, cornerback from Maryland, uh, another guy to keep an eye on, Josh DeBerry, corner from Boston College, potential slot corner, and Colby Reader, linebacker from Iowa State. Uh, All right. That's it. That's the rest on the website, probably on Wednesday. Absolutely. And, uh, as always, Andrew's eye for prospects is top notch. So definitely check that out. And uh, if you get a chance to watch some of these college football games, and if you see players that stand out to you, let us know about it. We want to know about it. We'll give you our Twitter information at the end of the show, and you can reach out to us there. And uh, we'd love to keep an eye on the people that you're keeping an eye on as well. Andrew, I've got a good, good bet and bad bet segment coming up so uh looking forward to it yeah this one's gonna be crazy week in fantasy it is and some unlikely heroes that we're gonna talk about all right you ready i'm ready all right let's get this going in tres dos uno go and this the the way i want to start this is by just talking about a whole unit uh it's the seahawks offense who totally came out has come out of nowhere to be abs- absolutely dominant for your fantasy teams to start the season. Geno Smith was the second highest scoring quarterback in all of fantasy football this week. And that follows up a couple weeks ago where he had another fantastic performance. He's playing, he's making throws that top level quarterbacks make in this league. If you haven't been watching Geno, watch Geno. Kenneth Walker is going to get huge opportunity the rest of the year. If he is available or if you think you can buy him, do it now. Ken Walker is going to be huge now that Rashad Penny is out. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett coming on strong, building rapport with Geno. Look like they can be huge assets for your fantasy team moving forward. Damian Pierce is really come on strong. Three really good weeks in a row. He needs to be in your starting lineup every week until further notice or injury or something like that. He is just rolling over defenses and then George Pickens we have to talk about him really taking on wide receiver one status in this offense from a fantasy perspective he needs to be a in flex consideration most weeks all right now for some bad stuff we saw J.K. Dobbins after a really good week last week uh get limited to just nine carries what's that uh for fantasy managers J.K. Dobbins was limited uh in and I know he had a little bit of an injury coming into the week, a chest injury maybe, but the Broncos offense moving on is not clicking on any cylinders whatsoever. Tough to really start with confidence, anybody from that offense. Um, And then Zeke Elliott from the Dallas Cowboys 
really getting outplayed pretty obviously by Tony Pollard. And Pollard has been a revelation for fantasy managers so far this year. Zeke Elliott, put him on the bench for now. All right. Getting better every week, man. Getting these in. See, when you mentioned Kenneth Walker, that really hurt because I was, okay, so Sundays are really busy for me and stuff. I was getting back off my bus route at church and stuff, was getting back. I had proposed a trade to a guy that earlier that morning. I I had Javante Williams in this league. Of course, he was injured, so I need to get another running back. I have both C.D. Lamb and Jamar Chase. This guy had some interest in C.D. Lamb, so I'm like, all right, let's let's see if I can move one of them, get a running back. I got to get myself another running back. So I get a guy, um, for some reason, I can't even remember who it was I was going after. Um, the trade went through. It was accepted. The only issue is um, he sent a counter back to me before the deal was actually accepted. So he rejected mine, sent it back, but it included Kenneth Walker in it. Ooh. This was the morning of. So this was before Rashad Penny was injured. He added Kenneth Walker to it, and I think I was getting – I don't even know who I was getting back, um, but it involved CD lamb and I was getting a mm. decent level running back guy who's considered one of the top 10 running backs in fantasy this year. So I got myself a running back, but at the same time I gave up Kenneth Walker who may mm. end up being a top 10 to 15 running back yeah. himself. So uh, we'll yeah. see it. In one of my other leagues in the half PPR league, my team only scored like 60 points this week. Ooh, so, and J- Jalen hurts was half of it. So Wow, Jalen Hurts has been on fire too. So yeah, man, that's somebody. Awesome. Yeah, I think the only bad week was last week against Jacksonville. Week four against Jacksonville. And which two guys were telling range. you all to yeah. buy into Jalen Hurts? <laughs> this is the these are the guys right here talking to you right now. <laughs> all right, man, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk our top five team needs uh, as we sit after week five. And uh, we're going to we're going to come back with that. Then we're going to talk about uh, some things to close out the show uh, from fan uh, engagement on Twitter. And uh, we love to hear from you guys. So hit us up on Twitter. Uh, But we're going to come back here in just a minute with our top five team needs moving forward. Don't go anywhere. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back. I did want to give a shout-out to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. They uh, have given us the awesome opportunity to be a part of the website and of the podcast family. So, Andrew, I know you're grateful. I'm grateful. This is a lot of fun to be able to do this every week. And, uh, you know, what better way to to enjoy Pittsburgh Steelers football than with other Steelers fans. That's what we're trying to do with the Steelers fix and with the website. Um, some podcasts that uh, happened today, which is Tuesday as well. If you missed it, uh, the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict 
uh, always a good listen, uh, cutting up the Steelers um, tape from the week prior. And uh, he's got a lot to cut up this week. Uh, so if you haven't listened to, to the cutting room floor, check that out. And then a, uh, uh, which one is this? The Scobro show, right? Comes on mm-hmm. later tonight and that's live on YouTube. And you can also catch it on any audio platform as well as this show. You can catch anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to check out behind the steel curtain.com for all your Steelers needs. Andrew, we're not giving up on this season. I want to reiterate that, but you and I, we look ahead. We like to look ahead to the draft in a way. The off season is our regular season, right? That's part of what we do. And uh, so looking ahead here, I want to, we want to talk about our top five team needs moving forward for the Steelers. So Andrew, why don't you start us out? We're going to start at the bottom and work our way up. Who is your, uh, what position is the fifth most important position the Steelers should address uh, as we look at the roster, how it's set up currently. I'm going to go with guard and I'm not going to dwell much on it, but obviously the Steelers are not going to try to replace James Daniels, but Kevin Dotson, uh, he's been in the Tomlin doghouse for a couple of years now, whether it be with just conditioning issues or what. Uh, I don't know if it, part of this has to do with maybe the many different changes the past couple of years that the offensive line coach, uh, he is not the same guy that we saw that first year coming out of college. Uh, he doesn't play with the same energy. doesn't have the same vibe about him. There's something different. Don't know what it is, uh, but the Steelers need to upgrade in this area. If they can, he's not, you know, so bad to where, you know, if the Steelers cannot find a viable replacement without spending a decent amount of money, uh, you know, maybe you hang on to him for another year and see if he can get back to where he was at one point. Uh, but not what you were hoping to see from Dotson this year. And I think it needs to be mentioned because the Steelers need to invest multiple assets into the offensive line this offseason. We've been saying that for several years now, but yeah. it's it's not going to go away until the Steelers finally address it. Yeah, I think now more than ever, <laughs> the NFL is it's one in the trenches. Maybe yep. Maybe not more than ever, but it's something that we haven't focused on with <clears throat> all the high-flying offenses, uh, all the crazy stats out there the offensive line and the defensive line they get overlooked but the trenches man if you're if if you listen to the rest of this podcast that's going to be a theme of what we're talking about here and you know what oh go ahead you were going to say something well and that's just the epitome of our society really in general because we're in this highlight society where we want to see everything you know right at the snap of finger we want to see the excitement we want to see the plays that's why we see you know baseball nobody wants to sit through and be patient to see you know the play to play to play Something like that. No, why are they trying to shrink football games? Because nobody has the attention span to sit and be patient and watch plays develop, watch the game develop, and stuff. We've lost that enjoyment as a society where everything has to be, you know, up to the minute and it has to be exciting. That's why all of the skill position players get all the glory and all the hype through the media because that's what's going to get them money because we're the ones that are the ones that are <laughs> focusing more on that. If we need to get back to just focusing on the trenches that, cuz that's where you win football games. It's not yeah. about you know all the doodads and you know all the scheming stuff like that. It's fun and I'm not saying it's not important. But if you don't have an offensive line that can run block and pass block mm. and if you don't have a defensive line that can stop the run, yeah. You you have no way to defend yourself in this league. Yep, you better have a quarterback that is a transcendent talent and there's maybe three or four of those any given year in the league maybe um or you better be very good in the trenches a la san francisco a la 
even the Patriots, really good in the trenches. They've got some, you know, they've got a no-name skill position group basically down there in New England and uh, or over there in New England, I guess. Not necessarily down for most of us. but Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that team lives and dies on coaching and the trenches. So you've persuaded me, Andrew. I had inside linebackers, my number five team need, but I'm actually going to go with offensive guard as well because you're right. This, you know, I think James Daniels has settled in and he's been a good piece on this offensive line, especially in pass pro and in, uh, you know, the leadership needed. And Mason Cole is working out really well at center, but still you've got to have a mauling guard somewhere on this team. And uh, right now you've got a few finesse players on this offensive line. Go get somebody who can maul the line of scrimmage on offense. Guard is number five for me. I'll keep going here with my number four because it's also offensive line, and I'm going with offensive tackle. And now I might be a little low on offensive tackle, but it's because I've got other things that I'm interested in. Um, you know, Dan Moore Jr., just too inconsistent. Um, he gets in his own way. Uh, he commits the, the dumb penalty, um, you know, can't control uh, the pass rusher on the one critical down where uh, he's been doing okay all game. And all of a sudden it's just, it, he just lets him blow right by him, you know, and then uh Chooks core four on the other side, solid unspectacular, but really left tackle protect your investment in Kenny Pickett, get yourself a left tackle stud early in the draft or in free agency, go spend the money on it because you're going to need that. If you want to keep that Kenny Pickett, George Pickens connection, that's getting strong. If you want to keep that solid, go protect him at offensive tackle. Andrew, what's your number four need for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I went with slot corner and I had to just split up corner because there's so many spots you can go. I mean, the Steelers cornerback group as a whole is just bad. Um, Outside corners, inside corners. I mean, when we don't have depth, that hurts. Cameron Sutton is hot and cold. Arthur Millette, there'd be some rosters he wouldn't even make. Oh, I'm just going to put it at that. Arthur Millette drives me crazy, man. He, he should not be on the Steelers roster. The only reason he is on there is because of his experience. And the Steelers can find other experienced guys. I mean, see if Joe Hayden will come back. Maybe he's changed his tune a little bit um, on a cheaper <laughs> deal or something. I mean, it's either that or he's going to have to retire. He did or, retire. Yeah, he did, he, did, yeah. he did retire. I'm saying, yeah. I mean, you could talk him out of retirement. Yeah, I'm, that's what's going to I'm, I'm like, wait a second. Wait a minute. What is this going on right. here? This sounds right. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you have to talk to Joe Hayden now. I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't he already retire that? I just keep yeah, up yeah. like, wait, he did retire. He did he retire. Because <laughs> he signed the one-day contract. I'm like, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, I don't know if that's um, going to work out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, stranger things have happened. We've sure. seen guys come out of retirement after signing weird one-day contracts and yeah, all true. that before. I I doubt it's happening, but – could you imagine Joe Hayden in that slot compared to Arthur Millette? Imagine the difference that that would make. Yeah. Um, my apologies for that. That was, that was my bad. I knew it, but, but my brain did not process that on the spur of the moment. Uh, but slot corner needs to be addressed. It looks really good in the draft. Yeah. But the Steelers have to fix this. The scheme does not match the profile of players that they go after. Yeah. And then they go with a totally different style and free agency we have this weird combination of guys like everyone thought was going to work out really well with the killer witherspoon and levi wallace on the outside they're two totally different types of corners it just does not work out you can't have one half of the side of the field playing zone and the other half playing man very easily mm-hmm. uh it, it, it's just it's not cohesive they're not together as a unit it just it doesn't work 
So the Steelers not only need to get quicker and more athletic. I mean, the secondary is slow. It's it's slow. Mm. And despite the athletes that they have in the secondary, they're not quick. They're not quick to react. Um, and that starts with, I mean, it may not start with slot corner, but it's a position that needs to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, outside of Minka Fitzpatrick on the defense, you're right. That unit is pretty slow. And, you know, Terrell Edmonds uh, is playing really well this year when he's healthy. I think safety is not a problem for the Steelers, but you're right. Akella Witherspoon, solid number two corner, right? Cam Sutton, good number three corner, but you don't want those two guys as your top two corners on a weekly basis. And so the Steelers do need to go get cornerback. I'm going to talk about cornerback a little bit later, but Andrew, let's stick with you here. Uh, and, you know, let's actually, we could both probably give this at the same time because we both have the same position group in mind uh and you mentioned nose tackle as your number three need i mentioned interior defensive line i think a a defensive tackle a a nose some some but a big body uh who can stop the run who can rush the passer both of those things is important why do you have uh nose tackle interior defensive line up there so high i think the fact that we see the steelers having an inability to consistently stop the run and not all of that. I mean, TJ Watt is will help the Steelers pass rush and he'll free up other defenders and he will help the run yes. defense just because of the attention he gets. But he's not going to solve the Steelers run game issues by him just simply coming back. He That's not his department. The Steelers do not and have not since really Casey Hampton had a run stuffing three down nose tackle. Javon Hargrave was smaller size, but he's the closest the Steelers have had to that since then. Uh, the Steelers have been going after that same style of kind of undersized nose tackle making it work, but it's getting to the point where it, there is a need for, and it's not like, you know, where it used to be, you know, you find a 340 pound guy. That's simply a two down guy that can't do anything on third down. You may have better options on third down, but if you're in that third medium scenario where you need someone in there who can stop the run, but there's the opportunity where the defense, where the offense could pass the ball. There's a lot of nose tackles coming out that can do both that you can leave on the field for three downs and they can make an impact on all three downs. I'm not going to mention names this week because we're going to get into them, I think, next week on next week's show. But there's three guys I have my eye on, two that I prefer, but three guys overall I have my eye on that could fit that bill that Steelers fans need to pay attention to early in the draft. Oh, I want to talk about somebody so bad, but we will talk about them. I think we have the same guy in mind. Yeah, we might. um, You know, SEC player, you know, maybe. Is that who? Maybe. Okay. All right. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, But yeah, you know, I think it goes back to what we were talking about, about the trenches, you know, depth in the trenches is so huge. If I was a GM, I would spend every year. I'd spend a first round pick or a second round pick at least on the offensive line or the defensive line, maybe even both every year, you know, build those trenches in the first few rounds. If you've got yourself a quarterback and I think the Steelers have a a quarterback who will be at least a Jimmy Garoppolo type quarterback. Um, And if that's the case, go get these guys early. Uh, I'm talking defensive line, you know, all interior defensive line cams getting older. You know, we can't ignore that. I mean, he's what 33 this year. Mm -hmm. He's getting older. And, uh, Without TJ Watt on the field, he's getting all the double teams. He's getting triple teams sometime in the middle of the field. And I just don't know if he, uh, especially this year, he's, he looks banged up. He looks like he's having to do a lot of work and, uh, you know, more than usual. And it's getting to him, I think, a little bit, uh, not getting much help from his uh, cohorts in the in the cent- middle of the defense as well. 
Uh, although De- DeMarvin Leal had a really good game, I thought, uh, for the most part this last week. Uh, so there's some there's some growth to be had down in there in the interior defensive line. But I think you gotta you gotta spend draft capital on these guys. Get them while they're cheap and young, and you know get the high profile guys in the first and second round. You can find your skill position players in the middle rounds every year. Damian Pierce, fourth round pick, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Sh- well, what's his name? Ka- uh, Shakir from the Khalil Shakir. Yeah, from the the Bills, fourth round pick, right? Uh, or third round pick, one of the two. But he, you know, comes in and provides an immediate impact. And, Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, and you've seen the Steelers do that with wide receivers year in and year out. Get these, get these guys on the defensive line. Go build yourself out a group like San Francisco has, like Buffalo has, and you'll be a better team for it. Interior defensive line has to be up there. The depth there, the ability to rotate guys is so incredibly helpful uh, to the defense as a whole. All right, that was our number three character that we want to see the, the Steelers go after, uh, our number three team need uh so let's move on to number two andrew what you got i've got to go with outside corner i split it up for a reason i'm not going to spend time because i kind of mentioned it with uh slot corner but there's a lot of options in the draft yeah Steelers just have to hit on the right one and they have to make sure the scheme fits the guy that they're going after and that's been a huge issue and i'm i'm not sold that it's gonna be fixed until mike tomlin is gone Hmm. if that ever happens. <laughs> yeah, if that ever happens, yeah. Yeah, so uh cornerback is mine as well, uh specifically outside corner. They just they need they need somebody to be a lockdown cornerback on that back end. Uh imagine imagine what Minka Fitzpatrick could do with an Ike Taylor, <laughs> you know, locking down one side of the field. I mean, that that's a huge deal and the Steelers haven't had that in years they have not had that since ike taylor you could argue uh, a cornerback joe hayden maybe at the top of his game uh you know with with the steelers but you could argue that they haven't had a true lockdown since ike taylor cornerback for me as well and in this day and age it's really difficult to find one in free agency too because everyone is signing their guy early on in their rookie contract until they get to about the age of 29 or 30 and when they yep. hit the market, at that point, it's like you got to worry about regression. Right. So it's hard to find a true lockdown corner in free agency in today's modern day. Yeah, absolutely. And then you even get a guy like uh, J.C. Jackson, who went out to um, to Chargers. Los Angeles to the Chargers, and he hasn't been himself over there either. So you got to be careful when you do that as well. You're going to spend, you know, if if the risk is fairly even, are you going to spend, um, you know, millions of, of dollars in cap space? On a guy, or are you going to try to develop your own guy? I, I like developing your own guy. And injuries, as we've seen a bit in some of those teams that have gone after those big corners. Yep, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> all right, that leads us to our number one overall team need. And, Andrew, we differ here, but, um, you know, can't really argue with what you, you've got at the top. Tell us what you got at the top. I'm going with offensive tackle. We mentioned earlier – Dean Moore commits too many dumb penalties. He's undisciplined and he's not a consistent run blocker or pass blocker. Really? You don't know what you're going to expect from him from week to week. He's good against power rushers. He stinks against speed rushers, which makes no sense for a guy of his nature. He's more of an outside zone guy, not a power gap scheme guy, but a guy who 
has done okay against power, but anytime you put an edge rusher on him who has a quick first step, he's he's lost. Yeah. That that is an issue. That's something you can't have on that left side. That's why you know if the Steelers are going to keep Dan Moore, you got to move him to the right side. I mean, Chikumo Corfor, as good as he's done as a pass blocker, he's still not a good run blocker. And that's affecting the Steelers' ability on the right side of the line. One of the yeah. sides of the line has to be able to run block. But regardless of whether it can or not, the left side has to be able to pass block. And right now, Dan Moore, it's it's up in the air. He has a couple good weeks and then a bum week. You know, yeah. you it, it's you can't have that inconsistency at left tackle. Steelers have to invest an offensive tackle at some point. They put it off for too long. Right. You know, if the Steelers had a a stud left tackle and a mauling left guard, this this offensive line would be really good, I think, because you've got two solid guys uh, beside that in the interior. Mason Cole's not going to make mental errors. He might get beat every now and then just out of sheer physicality, but he's got, not going to technically make errors. And then James Daniel's really solid. And then, I mean, you can't complain too much with a core four as a, as a you know, solid right tackle. You could probably improve that position, but I think if you did get that stud left tackle – that that power uh, left guard, then you'd be really good shape if you're the Steelers. Seems, seems like someone was mentioning two years ago something about like a Christian Darisaw and Trey Smith, who, by the mm-hmm. way, Trey Smith, who went in like what the seventh round yeah. and is was nearly a Pro Bowler his rookie year. Yeah, been amazing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, should we give Mike Tomlin your direct line for this year? I think we should. I really think we should. My number one overall uh, need is edge rusher. And you might sit there and be like, hey, but you got TJ Watt. Well, what happens when TJ Watt goes out? Right? Uh, you've got you've got Alex Highsmith. He's a good player, but he's not a game changer. You're not deep at edge rusher, and you've got to be deep at edge rusher. If the Steelers had, I mean, we could we could look back on previous drafts, and I mentioned this uh, in our Slack channel. And, uh, you know, the Steelers, the year they drafted Najee Harris, 2021, they uh, passed on guys like Gregory Rousseau. And, uh, you know, even a a defensive tackle like Christian Barmore, who's been incredible for New England. And uh, those two guys, um, you know, are are the Steelers a better team today? You know, if if they have a a third-round running back or a – guy like Jalen Warren, an undrafted free agent running back in the backfield. And, you know, one of those guys on the defensive line, I think you could say they might be because they're deeper in the trenches where it matters on defense. And so, you know, I, if, if I were the Steelers uh, with the way the Steelers play defense, I would draft a, a blue collar uh, five-star prospect on the edge almost every year uh, and just load up on these guys because eventually you've got to you got to pay him to keep him right Alex Highsmith you're gonna have to pay him to keep him he's gonna be somebody's really good uh second or even first rusher you know somewhere and but the Steelers can't do that with how much they pay TJ Watt how much they pay Minka Fitzpatrick um how much they pay Cam Hayward and you know those that's those are the guys that you build your defense around that's great but if you're if you can't afford to pay for um, that second edge rusher, you got to build that through the draft. You got to get those guys young and cheap on their rookie deals. And so the more of those guys you have, the better off you are. I think the Steelers got to go edge rusher very early in this draft, especially if the season continues down the trajectory. It looks like it is. And the Steelers have a top five pick, a top 10 pick. 
you can get a, a, a franchise altering player off the edge in, in that range of picks and you can get a franchise altering left tackle in that range as well. So, you know, you got to weigh your, your strengths and weaknesses there a little bit, but I think the Steelers lack of depth on the, def- on the edge and on the defensive line is just as big a weakness as their lack of quality uh, starters at uh, tackle on the offense. So that's why I come down on uh, edge. What are your thoughts real quick to wrap it up before we head out of here uh, about the, um, the top five team needs for the Steelers. I don't disagree with the fact that it's a need. I'm just not sure if there's a way that it can be fixed for in the event that TJ Watt goes down regardless of how good the backup is, I think TJ watched just proving how dominant he truly is and how disrespected he's been, the disrespect he's been given throughout the NFL. I know that Aaron Donald's on a, I mean, I'm not trying to knock Aaron Donald or any for anything. I think he's a phenomenal player and I've been a huge fan of his for years. Yes. But I think the argument has to be made that TJ Watt when healthy is the best, maybe even argument, the player in the NFL. You could go that far and not be wrong just because we're seeing the impact that he makes. Because even if this, I mean, even if the Steelers had, let's say, you know, a guy who maybe have, you know, let's say 10 sacks a year, capable of 10 sacks a year, the defense would be better. But I mean, even in games where the Steelers offense can't put up something resembling of a halfway decent team. Yeah. I I don't think it's going to make a big enough difference. So while I agree, there's a need. I'm not sure even if we draft, you know, a guy, unless you get someone the caliber of TJ Watt, not necessarily the caliber of TJ Watt, but you know, unless you're getting a Pro Bowl, maybe even better than a Pro Bowl guy, I'm not sure if it is, if anything can be done sure. about it. It's just you got to hope TJ Watt stays healthy. It's almost yeah. just you got to hope. Prayer. Yeah, you got to hope. But I think you know, obviously, there are ways to mitigate his loss a little better than yeah than your third round pick from three years ago and guys off the street. You know, that's just not going to cut it when he goes down. And especially, especially for a defense that is built around what TJ Watt does, right? This, this isn't a, um, a defense built around comp, uh, what I'm, what's the word? I'm complimentary work between them all. It's TJ Watt wrecks the edge and sets up everything else for our defense. That's, that's how it's designed. And when TJ Watt's out, nobody's wrecking that edge and your defense goes, uh, the way of the dodo bird it's it's it's, it's gone <laughs> so that's why i think it's just so important um but yeah you couldn't go wrong offensive tackle edge get those edge pieces on the lines set in place and then build around that andrew it's been fun before we go let's talk about the twitter poll that you uh put out through the btsc account uh, how steeler fans feel about matt canada right now uh is pretty telling yeah, I can't say I'm much surprised. We had a lot of you chime in on whether Matt Canada should be fired or not. I put out the poll last night. I didn't check the final results, but when I it was there was an hour left remaining. And at that time, 96.3% of Steelers fans, Jeremy, want Matt Canada fired. Ooh. Only 3.7 want him to stay. I'd like an explanation for the 3.7 that want him to stay, but just saying, Joe Brady. I voted Brady. stay just to even out the numbers a little bit. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> oh, just, just to be a Twitter troll kidding. something like yeah, that. Yeah. No, I voted yes. And, you know, Matt Canada, I'm sure he's, uh, you know, a stand-up guy and, and whatever. And I don't wish ill on him, but right. obviously he's not working out yeah. for this team. And uh, 
you know, could it be worse? With we, uh, it seems like we've said that before with yeah. offensive coordinators. Yeah. We said that with Todd Haley. We said that with Randy Fickner. Now we're saying it with yeah. Matt Canada. Looking maybe back on it, Todd it, Haley that, was. That's, <laughs> maybe that's how you point the finger back to Tomlin because yeah. no matter what type of coordinator the Steelers bring in, it's still a problem. So maybe sure. Tomlin is selling this coordinator what he wants run. Maybe. I don't know. Just a conspiracy. Yeah. We're not in the locker room, but we can sure give our opinions. And I hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, Andrew, it's like I said, it's been fun. We'll do this again next week. We'll have some names, hopefully, to go with some of these needs next week. And uh, so join us back again for that. But Andrew, they can follow you on Twitter. What's your uh, handle? They can they can reach at, at Andrew underscore Wilbar at Andrew underscore Wilbar, and you can follow me, Jeremy Betts, at the Betts ninety three. Like I said earlier, we'd love to hear your uh, draft thoughts. We'd love to hear your Steelers team needs thoughts as well and uh you know keep an eye out on the website there may be some articles coming out uh along these veins as well as we move closer towards the middle of the season but Steelers fans and Steelers fix fans we thank you so much for listening and tuning in we'll talk to you again next Tuesday on the Steelers fix